This is a throwdown, a showdown. Hell no, Rob Fay Nation can't slow down. It's gonna go. First offense. All the mix. Okay, party people in the house. You're about to witness something you've never witnessed before. All right, it is Sports Bar Radio. It is my favorite day of the week. I wouldn't say the whole year. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on, but definitely we knew that the NHL trade deadline was fast and furious, or was it? I bring in VancouverHockey.com expert Robert Simpson. Robert, good day to you. Thank you very much, Roberto. Very busy the last eh, 48 hours at uh, VancouverHockeyNow.com. Okay, well, let's talk about this team because I was thinking that there was probably going to be a deal or two more than got done. But I would also like to think for Patrick Alvine and Jim Rutherford, mission accomplished. They took a little bit of a haircut on the cap. Uh, They were able to get rid of a guy that I don't think they were going to re-sign or at least at the price point in Tyler Mott. And they get rid of the Travis Hamannick experience in the process and it didn't kill him to do it. So how would you size up Vancouver Canuck 2022 trade deadline? Well, you know, I was just doing the write-up for this, which will pop up on the website a little bit later today and thinking about, you know, fans are going to say, well, why didn't you do more? Isn't there more you could have done? What are you doing? Um, If you look at the immediate situation, just take the team as it is right now. I mean, there's not a whole lot you can do. This is a team that's very likely not to make the playoffs and have been kind of struggling in that regard came together real nice, were looking real strong, and then got distracted and ran out of gas a little bit, lost to Detroit, lost to Calgary, lost in overtime to Buffalo. So the trade deadline and the current team are kind of mutually exclusive. That's the way things are going there. You know, not that they necessarily, in a perfect world, would want to tear torn apart kind of what they had going there, because obviously ownership would love to get some playoff gate, but it doesn't look like, doesn't look like it's going to happen. Big picture, not a lot of flexibility uh, in terms of the cap. You know, basically got a little younger on the D, uh, got six years younger, in fact, and shaved a million and a half off the cap by getting rid of Travis Hamanick, who's been very inconsistent and just a little bit bizarre. Hadn't talked to the media since the first November with his vax, non-vax family issues and enough already. And hasn't been the stalwart that would make anyone say, oh, gee, we have to keep this guy around. So, And Travis Dermott, as I mentioned, six years younger, comes from the Leafs, helped win a Calder Cup championship in 2018 with the Toronto Marlies. So he's gone through a grind experience of a big playoff uh, run to a championship and was kind of lost in the shuffle there. So decent size, stays defensive, not a big offensive guy, can skate better than Hamannick and um, you know, saves him a little bit of dough. Otherwise, they move uh, Tyler Mott. No surprise whatsoever. A couple of hours, a couple of days. The last three games for the Vancouver Canucks, I wonder what it was like for the executive, because realistically, if they beat Detroit, if they get two points from Buffalo, I mean, we're talking about a whole different scenario within probably 72 to 96 hours. I would assume an experienced front office would have a plan A and a plan B, and they opened up plan B because it didn't go according to plan. You know, Canucks were red hot. They were right there. But those losses had to change the course at least a little bit, no? I mean, this team didn't have the flexibility or the necessarily. They weren't, let's just put it this way, they weren't buyers. I mean, they weren't going for it. I mean, you can tweak things a little bit if you're trying to just get to the playoffs and make some money and, and have all the things that come with it. 
But I mean, obviously they're not, they're not a Stanley cup contender. They say, Oh, get to the playoffs and anything can happen, but there's just too many, there's too many gaps with this club at this point. So they weren't going to go nuts in terms of trying to gobble something up or make improvements just to kind of get to the playoffs because the, the odds have been against them the whole time. Even when they were rolling along and getting closer, this, the odds were still against them. So that was never really consideration in terms of altering their behavior. I think they've kind of stuck to the plan. I don't think they were going to gut anything. Um, I think it's kind of what we would have expected regardless of kind of where they were going because um, the JT Miller stuff is just absolutely asinine. You know, the, the Brock Besser, he's been out there all season. He's been out there since Jim Benning was trying to get rid of him out of desperation before losing his job. He's been out there since then. Part of it's the qualifying offer. Part of it's his inconsistency. But it's hard to find a taker in that situation. And then otherwise, there's just a, it's a series of potential small moves, and they made a couple of them. I feel like the Canucks almost got the best of both worlds. For the fan base that wanted change, they got to see a little change with Hamannick and Mott departing. And for those who wanted to make that run, damn it, we want to keep the core intact. Well, at least they get through the end of the season with the core intact. Yeah, they get to see the guys they love play hockey, play hockey. And whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, we'll find out. Uh, it likely won't work out for them. They're entering this four-game road gauntlet. But who's to say? I mean, JT Miller the other day basically came out and said, yeah, this has been a distraction. Guys are freaked out a little bit by the trade deadline, and it's been a, maybe a bit of a problem. It's sad that there's that excuse out there. But who knows? Maybe the weight of the world's off their shoulders. Maybe they'll they'll come out like gangbusters and, and uh, conquerors and have a good four-game road trip as they go through back-to-back Colorado, Minnesota, and then they have to deal with Dallas and St. Louis. Okay, so we'll we'll circle back on the Vancouver Canucks, I would assume, on Thursday, because we're going to start doing this a couple of days a week here. Let's talk about the rest of the Pacific, because I saw a couple of trades here, and I thought to myself, are they arming up? Like, for example, Calgary goes out and gets Ryan Carpenter for a fifth. That's not exactly going to shock the world. But then you look around at a team like the, the Anaheim Ducks. They end up sending Ricard Raquel to Pittsburgh. But in the process, get Simon, Aston, Reese, and a second. Like they're actually better for that move. Well, they're better for the move, but I mean they've already they've already gutted the club. I mean they've moved out a number of guys. It started with the John's, Josh Manson deal the other day, and and they've moved players out. They've decided that yes, you know we're in a rebuild. The writing's on the wall. We're not a contender. We've got this incredibly young lineup that we're going to build upon, and you know. I don't, again, kind of similar to the Canucks. They pretty much knew what they're two different scenarios, by the way, but they, they knew what they were doing in advance. If they had shocked the world and things were a lot different over the last two to three weeks, maybe they would have let, you know, stayed the course a little bit, but for the most part, they're moving out older personnel, bringing in younger personnel, bringing in draft picks as Pat Verbeek continues to kind of rebuild this uh, Anaheim Ducks team and, you know, add to the Trevor Zegrises of the world. So, I mean, that's that's what they're doing. Let's talk a little bit about Seattle because what was it last week? We were talking about the fact that maybe just maybe they can start to grab some picks and dare we say fix the mistakes that they made in year one. They ended up getting a boatload of picks for all yeah. that they were. I mean, I, I actually think they had a pretty good trade deadline. Well, they had a really good trade deadline, but the question becomes, who's playing for the Seattle Kraken? <laughs> you and me. Who's playing for the Seattle Kraken? 
I mean, I, I'm just kind of glancing. This is all fresh. It's just a lot of it just happened today. But they are um, they've gotten rid of half their team. It feels like uh, you know they moved Appleton back to uh, to Winnipeg. That I think that was the latest move. But <laughs> what you're referring to here is okay. So in 2022, I'm glancing at some notes that I jotted down here. They have their first rounder. They have second round picks of their own Florida's, Nashville's, Toronto's. They have a third round of their own. Fourth round, they have their own Calgary's, the Capitals. Um, and then the following year, they have three second rounders, two third rounders, and three fourth rounders, including their first round pick. It's just, it's crazy. They've just decided, okay, you know what? The expansion draft didn't necessarily work out for us completely. So we are going to build this through the draft and we're going to go, we're going to go big. I mean, Mark Giordano, of course, is the, the biggest name, biggest move as he goes to the Toronto Maple Leafs in a deal. Um, yesterday, as we sit here now, was it yesterday? God, maybe it was even two days ago already. But anyway, yeah, there's, they've, they've kind of gutted the hockey club. So it's going to be the Jordan Eberle and, and, uh, Yanni Gord show and Jared McCann show for a while. Hey, they've all, hey, you know what? McCann signs five years, 25, and it's going to be playing with a Zamboni driver by the end of the season here. <laughs> uh, by the way, by my cheap math, which is carry the one math, that's 24 combined picks between this coming draft and 2023. Man, that that's is a, a lot of opportunity. Yeah, but it's, but it's also kicking your fan base back, you know, three, four years of wait and see. Right. Well, I mean, that's, uh, obviously, but that's how it should be. Yeah, I guess that's how it should be. But then again, you could also you could flip. I mean, there's a, the possibility to maybe flip a couple of those oh, to 100 percent. Yeah. I, to a current I was, player. What was it last? When would you get together last Tuesday? I said, wouldn't it be something if they could admit their shortcomings and then have a do over 24 picks by my lazy math over two yeah. seasons? I mean, you flip even if you flip 33 percent of them. You still well, got this, 16 picks. Yeah. The, I mean, this was exactly my answer for you last week, by the mm -hmm. way. I yep. didn't know it was going to be to this extreme, but it was, uh, I did mention that, yeah, you know, just pile up some picks and you got, you got to start from scratch. Essentially that's what they're doing. Love it. Okay. Who were the big winners? Because I can tell you this, I did not see Minnesota as the team that was going to find Marc-Andre Fleury. That was a name that we talked about last week uh, with potential teams needing goaltending Minnesota is an interesting beast because I feel like they always get glanced over. It's not a bad team. Nope. Good team. Um, kind of a little bit of a dark horse in a way. So now they have their goaltending Cam Talbot, Marc-Andre Fleury. They added Tyson Jost a little, little while back and they added Jacob Middleton. Uh, and, and also speaking of Anaheim, we were going through, the, there was a list of guys to go through there that have moved on. Nick Delorier is a tough player, brings some uh, grit, some uh, weight to it. Uh, he comes over from Anaheim to Minnesota. So they've added some some bodies. It, it's an interesting look for Billy Garen's club in, in Minnesota. But uh, when I just glance, big picture, Colorado, I was joking on Twitter earlier today about, gee, are we going to have the 1996 rematch between the Colorado Avalanche and the Florida Panthers? Because the Florida Panthers loaded up in the East, uh, including Claude Giroux and the... Uh, and the Colorado Avalanche have just continued to tweak their lineup and, and getting, have been getting stronger. New York Rangers have done a lot in the East, including adding Tyler Mott 
from the Vancouver Canucks, a little pickup there. They had Andrew Kopp from the Winnipeg Jets and Justin Braun. So the, the Rangers are a threat in the East and out West. You mentioned Minnesota. I mentioned Colorado. Calgary Flames, uh, the Pacific Division leaders, adding uh, Tyler Toffoli a little while ago and Lekkonen. So they, they've improved things. I wanted to, just before we get into Cal- into Calgary, because I do think they're a team we're talking about, I really want to quickly circle back on Bill Zito, the general manager of Florida. He was in the conversation for general manager or executive of the year. It ended up going to Lou Lamorello, but they hire him back in the middle of 2021, and he has done a lot of things right. We talk about Patrick Alvine and the fact that he's getting groomed by a guy like Jim Rutherford. Can you just even give me the Coles notes on why Bill Zito's been successful? Did he walk into a good situation? Because what I'm trying to get at is certain guys walk into a situation that is pretty ready for them to do right. And then there's a situation like Patrick Alvine who walks into a situation that could take years before he finally gets to turn this beast of a ship around. Did he walk into a good situation or is he one heck of an executive? Um, you know, yeah, Zito walked into a pretty good situation. They they had a lot of the funky stuff going on there, especially when they lost their head coach, Joel Quenville, with the, yes. the sex scandal case, you know, 10 years down the road, a decade later, he has to step aside. It was, it's just a weird situation there. They've gone through the Dale talent. It's just been strange with ownership in Florida over the years, but they've put it all together. And it's, it's Alexander Barkoff is the, is the man, one of the great two-way players in the league, super talented. Jonathan Uberdo is having an absolute ridiculously great season, you know, heart trophy consideration. They're getting the goaltending. It seems like they're playing with their long-term injury reserve and salary cap. They're just loaded. And, um, and that's why I was referencing the 96 finals. It would be interesting if we can see Colorado and Florida again having at it. Uh, of course, that one ended in a sweep with, and I even tweeted out, Uwe Krupp. It's a great trivia question. Who scored the overtime winner in the one nothing game four sweep for the Colorado Avalanche? Uwe Krupp. I think you would stump nearly everybody with that one. All right, let's wrap up this abbreviated version of Sports Bar Radio. It is a very busy day for you, Rob Simpson. Uh, what's really cool is I know that you're the editor-in-chief of VancouverHockeyNow.com, but this is a part of a uh, a conglomerate where every market, well, almost every market now, has a HockeyNow.com in their city. Uh, it's great perusing. And you look right now, it's what's happening in Toronto, what's happening south of the border. Vegas, I just want to check on Vegas with you briefly. Because this is a team that everybody in Vancouver has been watching like a hawk, free fall. And then you look at the trade deadline, and I don't know. I, I, I thought there might be more there for them to do. They didn't do a whole heck of a lot. Yeah, they don't really have much cap space. I don't know about the Jack Eichel acquisition. It seems like the team hasn't as pl- played as well since he arrived. I'm not a huge Eichel fan. I know a little bit about his background growing up. I don't know that uh, I, I'm... This opens up a whole nother discussion about slapping captain on these, you know, 19, 20, 21 year olds because they're the highest paid athlete and they're the highest draft pick and they're the star. I mean, he's he, a perfect example. This kid was not ready to be the captain in Buffalo. I mean, he's obviously a very talented player, but that makes no sense to me because then you turn around all the time and hear younger players say, how valuable it is to have a veteran in the dressing room who's had 50, 60, a hundred playoff games under their belt. But so for somehow, for some reason in this day and age of the money and the agents and, and the influence that is backwards, you know, we slap C's on these kids that don't even forget 
playoff experience. They don't have any life experience. What the hell are they doing sharing their quote unquote wisdom with anyone? It doesn't make any sense. But anyway, Shirley, and I won't call you Shirley, I digress. Yeah, I'm not a huge Jack Eichel fan. I, I, I just think he's one of these kind of spoiled kids that came up playing hockey and here he is. And I don't know if that's the reason, if it's upset the apple cart in Vegas, because they haven't been very good since he got there. I don't want to pin it all on him. It hasn't been going very well there. You know, part of it might be injuries. They are absolutely decimated. In fact, that's probably a bigger reason than blaming it all on Jack Eichel as Pacioretty's been out. Their goaltender's been hurt, been hurt, Leonard. It's Martinez, Stone, McNabb, Riley Smith, Robin Lehner, Nicholas Hag. Uh, I mean, that's just some of the walking wounded yep. for the Golden Knights. Uh, Emily Kaplan reporting about probably 15, 20 minutes ago that Anaheim and Vegas agreed to a deal in principle that includes sending Evgeny Dadanov to the Ducks. And if anything, that's just a little cap relief for Vegas, who is right up against it, as you mentioned just seconds ago. Okay, yeah. very quickly, let's wrap this up before we send you to the guru and parts unknown. Vancouver Canuck fans, sift through all this madness of everything that happened today. When they wake up tomorrow, what can we expect in the final 20 games? Is this the death march? Is this an opportunity for players like Brock Besser and JT Miller to increase their stock? I mean, what should you be looking for if you're a Canuck fan from the players that remain? Oh, well, it's. I wish I had the crystal ball. It would be fun. It'd be way more fun if they made it interesting for all of us and uh, came out now that the deadline's over and started to behave like they were behaving coming out of that last road trip uh, and playing very, very well and together and motivated where uh, as JT Miller said, after this last loss, we were out, we just didn't, they wanted it more to, than us. We just didn't play very well. We're not showing the desire. Like, and, and you think about that and you're like, how is that possible? How is, how do the Buffalo Sabres have more desire and drive than the Vancouver Canucks given their current situations right now, which is mind boggling. Mm -hmm. So hopefully out of the trade deadline, they show a little spunk here on this roadie just to make things interesting. It will not be easy, obviously based on the list of teams that they have to play. Um, but in terms of transactions now, it's out of the GM's hands. Like general managers become cheerleaders now. Uh, throughout the league they sit upstairs they watch their teams play and that's it i mean obviously they can start maybe working on some contracts they can talk to the scouting staff about the upcoming draft but for practical purposes in terms of executing any deals or executing any maneuvers at this point they are cheerleaders and um, so that's now jim rutherford president of hockey operations and patrick all being general manager of the canucks will now go through various levels of evaluation here the rest of the regular season and then they can start talking about contracts deciding who they want to keep who they're going to move along and what their draft looks like that's basically what's up but what it comes down to right now let the players play and do your uh, homework in advance of the summer rob simpson of vancouver hockey now thank you for your time today thank you very much roberto we'll see you on the equity.guru and we'll see you on thursday when our brains will be less cluttered with so much stuff you're listening to sports bar radio with rob fay brought to you by equity guru equity guru investment information for millennials and madmen